Welcome back to the Just Say Rad podcast. I'm Raddy Ann Simon Pillay, film critic for CTV's Your Morning and Now Magazine. Today, we're counting down to the Oscars, and my guest probably doesn't need much of an introduction. He's our guy on the red carpet. It's Ben Mulrooney. Uh, y'all know Ben, eTalk host, Your Morning co-host, the only person in the world willing to listen to me ramble about movies week after week. And I brought him in to, you know, take us behind the scenes on the Oscar red carpet and talk about some of his favorite contenders. So here we go, gearing up for the Oscars with Ben. The Academy Award for Best Picture. There's a mistake. Moonlight, you won Best Picture. what did you do? Right, I guess the first thing I wanted to start off with, okay? Um, I hosted a red carpet maybe six years ago. Okay. Worst time of my life, okay? Because I, mean, I, I think I didn't appreciate everything that goes into doing a real host. Like, even like the most simplest red carpet. Yeah. The minding the camera, being enthusiastic, mm-hmm. keeping all these balls in the air. When I, it, it was just horrifying. When I look back at the, the playback, yeah. like, I thought I was being energetic and fun and shit. I was not. I looked like a deer in headlights. Yeah, yeah. So, so that gave me like this real appreciation for the things that you guys do when it's you're on not, the red carpet. It, it, there are skills that go into it. You know, yeah. there's, there's, there, there's certain people. There's, there's, there is a way to do it uh-huh. that allows you to just phone it in. Right. Uh, and I'm sure I've been guilty of that in the past. If it's not live, you know, you, you know that it, a certain questions are throwaways. You don't really have to research that much because inevitably it's kind of like going to get edited, edited together in a good looking package right. but if you're doing a live red carpet show there there's nowhere to hide yeah it's you and what you know and the person you're talking to and you've got to form some sort of relationship with them instantly yeah or it's going to get awkward yeah well i mean look at like so we know what you we we see you yeah like i mean when we're, when we're watching the red carpet it looks great because it's ben he's owning his space all that we're not seeing what's what you're seeing, because I imagine what you're seeing is just pandemonium on the other side. And Yeah, well, I, I like to say that um, hosting the Oscar red carpet calls upon every single skill that I've developed over, what, almost 17 years now mm-hmm. as a broadcaster. Yeah. Because you are, you, you are tethered to one spot. You can't move. Yeah. Uh, your producer can't move either. You've got people on either side. Uh, you don't know who's going to show up. Uh, and if they show up, you don't know if you're going to get to talk to them. And if you do get to talk to them, you don't know how long you're going to get to talk to them for. Yeah. And they are constantly being pulled in various other directions by other broadcasters. And and you're live during this whole thing. Now, we, we, I'm fortunate that I've got uh, two great colleagues up in the balcony, mm-hmm. Lainey and, and uh, Danielle, who are there to take the pressure off yeah. if there is a reason. If I don't have someone to talk to, they can they can take over for a few minutes. Um but uh, but it's it's it can be really stressful. Yeah. So but you know once once you start you're in it. Like right. you don't look at your watch. You 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 just do all the interviews you can, and next thing you know you look at your watch when you finally have a minute, and forty five minutes have gone by. Right. You know. And is that the time the, that you're stuck there for forty five? No minutes? no 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 you're there all day. Oh. You're there. You are locked down. I wish I could remember the exact schedule for yeah. you, but you are locked in position. I'd say at least an hour and a half, maybe two hours before the carpet actually starts. Uh-huh. And like, if if you're somebody who needs to go to the bathroom a lot, this is, this is not ask. this is not a job for you. Yeah, it's not a job for you. If you have a nervous bladder, yeah, don't do this job. I absolutely have a nervous. Like, yeah. I can't make it through a screening. Some guarantee that I'll get through a screening yeah. without going to the bathroom. Yeah, no, no, so. you, you don't, this is not the job for you. So even if you really had to go, you have nowhere to go. Well, if you really had to go, you could 
probably no you can't no you're locked down that's you, you can't go there's a certain point where you, where the lockdown means you can't even go uh into the um sort of the staging area in, yeah. the, in the back uh you are on the carpet that's because you, you must be drinking water to be able to keep your voice going and stuff like no 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 okay, right, the, so what what has it has happened before where because it's that dry california air uh, I think the next day I've woken up and had a pretty raspy voice, but right, right. in the moment, no. Okay. I think it, I don't know if adrenaline can help lubricate your throat, <laughs> uh, but I'm just gonna live in a world where it does. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I that yeah. was like actually my main question: like, where do you go to the bathroom? Like, is there a tent somewhere? Or oh something? yeah, no. Or, like, you've got I mean, this, there's there's a like, whole village yeah. um, in this parking lot, sort of behind where Jimmy Kimmel does his show. Right, right. Uh, and that's uh, to the south of our red carpet, uh, the east. No, but that would be like a half west. hour process to get to the bathroom. Right? There's yeah, you've got to go through security and yeah. all that. Um, so no. <laughs> but you know it, it's it's gotten to the point now where we've got a really good shorthand with I've got a great shorthand with my executive producer Morley mm -hmm. and he and I have been doing this together for years so he's in my ear he's been in my ear for years right. so he knows the difference between me pausing for breath yeah. and pausing because I have no idea what I'm going to say next right, right, right. and he's got all the questions that we've worked on laid out in front of him uh -huh. and he knows how to say one word that will make me think of the next three questions right and, and he knows how to Okay, here's the trickiest part, and this is this is really trippy. Um, years ago, when we do these red carpets, yeah. we would, if you'd be in a commercial break, you were screwed. You were shit out of luck. If Oprah showed up and right. you were in the middle of a commercial break, there's nothing you could do except hold on to her and pray she wouldn't leave, right. which she was nice enough to do one year. She waited through an entire commercial break. And that was the most stressful part of the job. How do you hold on to an A-lister when you're at the beginning of right. a commercial break? Well, now we don't have to worry about that anymore because we have a system, sort of like a hard drive system, where I can start my interviews at any point. Mm. If somebody shows up, I start my interview. And then what happens is it starts getting recorded on like a PVR. Oh, okay. And then they can start playing it back as soon as the commercial break's done. Okay. Now, that's great because it saves you from having to worry about losing anyone or tap dancing but it gets really confusing where let's say let's say Matthew McConaughey shows up yeah. and uh, there's 15 seconds left in the commercial break you start your interview right there yeah. you're talking to him and you're talking to him and you're talking to him now keep in mind I've got a, an earpiece in my right ear yeah. I'm talking to him so I hear him talking to me in my left ear but then all of a sudden 15 seconds later they start playing back the interview oh. so now I'm hearing what I said 15 seconds earlier in this ear I'm also receiving audio cues from my producer about what question I should ask next yeah. and I'm also getting audio cues about like throw to the balcony or go to commercial break there are a lot of voices that yeah. I have to listen to in my head in that moment that's, that's what I mean because when I, when I I hate those audio pieces anytime yeah. someone just says a little thing to me it throws me right off yeah no it, yeah. It, it's really tricky because you want to stay focused on the person you're talking yeah. to but in order to really absorb all that information and prioritize it in the way that's important like I need to hear the interview but I don't care about the interview right right like, what do you mean well I need to hear I need to hear program. Right. I need to know that it's going on. Right. But I've already asked that question, so I don't care about the content that just happened 15 seconds right, ago. Right, right. I'm in the process of trying to create that with this guy. Yeah. And so they can tell if all of a sudden you're in your eyes, you check out, yeah. right? Because you're listening to something else. So you got to be really careful about that. You want you want the person you're talking to to 
feel like they're being listened to. Well, you know, I mean, you, the way you're saying that the your producers, uh, he's in your ear and he's backing you up and stuff. That's kind of what you do for me when I'm when we're doing our segments. You're always like, I mean, I always rely on you to bet. Like when I'm like having a brain fart, I know that Ben's gonna ch chip in and help me and yeah, save my what, ass on there. Well, because it's our segment, yeah, right? Yeah. Like I'm not a passenger. You and I are in it together. Exactly. I I, I, if if all of a sudden you go off the rails, I'm not gonna. Which go, I do often. I'm not gonna go to my producers and go, God, Rad really fucked up. Today. <laughs> no, that's on me too, yeah. right? So we have to help each other. Yeah. So I mean that, that that's why I was, yeah. I'm always more comfortable doing our segment because yeah. I, I tell people like Ben's got my my back my back. Yeah, on we'll always there. get it's through like, it. Yeah, you know, exactly. we'll always get through it. And I'm in I'm in charge of the counts. You know, mm. you don't know how long this the segment's going on exactly. for. Exactly. So that's my job too. So we, we both have our our our, our responsibilities during yeah. those segments. And exactly. and there's and fortunately there's fortunately we have it like it's a team effort. Yeah. It, it looks like there's just one dude on the carpet, but there are so many people calling so many different shots yeah, yeah. Uh, in the truck and upstairs. That I'm honestly, I'm one piece of this massive puzzle. I just happen to be the piece that you see. Right, right, yeah. No, I mean, you know, like okay, you were talking about like being focused in the interview and stuff. I mean, we were talking about this just before we started yeah. recording. The whole ask her more yeah. thing that which was I guess three years ago that that yeah. started. Well, it started three years ago. It's never going to go away. Right, exactly. Right? Uh, and I and I like that about a lot of these. They call them movements, but they're that they are. It's not just a movement. It's I think they it's taking Hollywood and moving it somewhere else. Right. Um, but it irritates me because I've always felt that we've we've always asked her more. Right. You know, I'm I'm a realist. Right. I, I if a woman walks on a carpet, an Oscar nominee walks on a carpet wearing a incredibly beautiful dress, and she wears a million dollars of jewels that she clearly that they're not hers. Mm -hmm. It's because she was asked to wear them. Yeah. And she has some sort of deal to wear them to promote somebody, yeah. uh, and that's. There is value in that. Yeah. Like, there's a whole industry behind that dress and behind those jewels. Yeah. And to deny that is to deny the hard work that went into those right. things. So I'm not stupid. I know that that question has to get asked. Yeah. But I firmly believe that if I'm on the Oscar red carpet and I've got Alicia Vikander there, who looks stunning every time she's on a red carpet. Yeah. Like, stunning. But... Jesus, she is, you know, she's there. Very few people. This is her introduction to Hollywood, and it's an introduction on the Oscar red carpet uh, for the Danish girl, yeah, right? Yeah. And there she is nominated for an Oscar. I kind of want to ask her how she feels about, like, being there in that moment nominated for an Oscar. I want to get to know her a little more. I mean, right. this is the best day in the life of an actor that we will be talking about for generations. The dress is pretty. Yeah. It deserves a mention. But I kind of want to focus on that part, right, right, and and I find that to be the most interesting stuff. Yeah. So those these these other colleagues of mine who really harp on the who are you dating? I heard a, like I saw on Twitter that you don't like this person, <laughs> and I do they do that? There oh, are people there are, who yeah, do that. Yeah. I think I I don't think that shows what we do in the best light. Right, right, yeah. I think we all sort of suffer at the hands of people who make it about fluff and only fluff and right. there is, there's fluff to celebrate I mean there's 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 sizzle and there's steak yeah, yeah, right yeah. in Hollywood and um, but I've always felt we've always asked her more and right. him more so yeah. so I, I the the ask her more movement didn't really affect me because I think Etoc was always there yeah well you know like I mean 
first of all, we should recognize that a good section of the audience that is tuning in for the red carpet is tuning in for those dresses, right? Yeah. And it's like, I mean, you do have to serve that. And audience. we have that. that uh, Danielle and Lainey from the balcony are right. watching all the fashion, and they also are steeped in that knowledge. Right. I am not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am there to say, I think that dress looks really pretty. Can you tell me a little bit about it? They tell me about it, and I say, okay, now let's talk about this other stuff that I find really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, about how you got this job, or how you hung on to the job, or how the director changed mid-movie, and you still craft an incredible performance. Talk right. to me about working for these two different people you know little things like that yeah. and then we also decided Morley and I decided a couple of years ago maybe more than a couple of years ago that um, I was going into the red carpet too prepared like you were telling me that if you learn something from somebody on a red carpet mm -hmm. you haven't done your job right right see yeah. I feel that's it's, so yeah. it's, it's if, if I tuned into the red carpet yeah. and if I learned something new then I haven't done my job yeah see, yeah see I'm I used to feel that way until I watched myself uh -huh. and then I realized I'm, if you know everything, then what the hell are you doing asking people questions? Right, right, right. Like, because what would happen is I would say something like, um, hey, nice to see you on the red carpet. Congratulations on your fourth Oscar nomination. You know, uh, my question for you is, how did you come to get this role? Because I read that uh, you passed on the role four or five different times before finally settling on it because the director and you finally jived, jived together. And then the person would go, well, yes, that's correct. <laughs> yeah. Like, now that's a shitty interview yeah, yeah. by any standard. So being a know-it-all on the red carpet doesn't doesn't make for good TV. Right. So we decided a few years ago that we would go in, you know, seeing all the movies, knowing a lot about the movies, but still going in with the possibility of being surprised. Yeah. So that if somebody said something that I didn't know, I could be genuinely surprised, and that could maybe reflect the surprise of the people at home. Right, right. They would say something, oh, I didn't know that. And the home, people at home are going, I didn't know that either. Yeah. And we're in it together. And, and it creates, I think, more of a genuine community right. uh, if I'm in the boat of the of the people watching at home. Right, right, and it right. makes makes my life a little better as well because I get to go in there and be a little more of a fan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and also, I don't like being a know-it-all. Right. So... Well, you know, I mean, okay. Because I feel like... Unfairly, a lot of people give like the types of interviews that you would do on a red carpet or on a junket. They'll give it slack as like you're not. Oh, we're kind of just touching on the same old stuff, right? I and then I have a total appreciation for why it's almost dangerous to veer away from that, but just because of the way the machine's set up. Yeah. Like when you go into a junket interview, you know, like you hear stars sometimes saying, "Oh, they always ask us the same questions." I was like, "Well, look, you guys, yeah. when we come when we come at you with a surprise in a five minute window, yeah. it throws you off. Yeah. Like, and we just eat up airtime. Yeah. Right? And when they say, "Oh, well, they ask the same questions," I was like, "Yeah, but." You're saying it for the first time for my viewers. Yeah. That's why you bring the regional press in and the, and Canada comes in versus you. Otherwise, you would do an Oprah interview and that's it and expect everybody to tune into that. Right, exactly. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I, I am not the biggest fan of junket interviews. Mm -hmm. I find that some really good stuff can come out of them. But, but by all, accident almost, right? By all things being equal, they are, you know, they are part of... They're part of the machine of promoting a movie, and that's that's great. I get to see the movie. I yeah. get to be enthusiastic about it. I just don't feel that there's a lot of um, well, there's no depth to a lot of those interviews because there's no room. The machine no sets room. it up where you have no room, yeah. and you are just creating this. Like you have to come on. Sure. I mean, like, I know when I those rare times where I go in and I do that five yeah. minute interview, I'll try and throw a curveball, but I always save it near the end. Yeah. Because I need workable material. For no, of those course first you need. You need to, and and I come back from those interviews with great stuff for us to to turn into those stories that yeah. we do. But from from a, a satisfying perspective, from like my, the interviewer in me prefers longer form interviews. Well, of course, yeah. Um, but then, you know, the exception is the Oscar red carpet, um, for the simple reason that it's the final interview that they're probably going to be doing about this subject matter. Right. 
And so you get a really interesting take, even if you only get two questions with them. Right, right. You're, you're talking to them as they are saying goodbye to a project that they have been carrying with them for months, in some cases, years. Right, right. And, and the insights that you get in those moments are pretty good. Mm -hmm. They're pretty, some people are so nervous. You can smell the alcohol on their breath. Uh, you can you can smell the nervous energy, you know. Yeah. Uh, you can you can tell that some people are just eating up the spotlight. You can tell that some people sense that their lives are about to change forever. Yeah. Uh, and they get interesting perspective. You get really interesting perspective from on, on the carpet. So yeah, sometimes you're you're told you get one question, yeah, yeah. and in that one question, you get some 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 gold. Do you do you are you comfortable sharing what was probably your worst red carpet interview or like? Well, yeah, it was. Um, it was with uh, Melissa Leo for... Oh, because she's... <laughs> what was that movie Leo. she did that she was nominated for? Not The Fighter, but... No, the first movie she Frozen? did. Frozen? Frozen. Was, was it just Frozen or Frozen River? Frozen River. Yeah. And um, anyway, so that was a year where we were dealing with uh, just a, a slightly reduced budget for our show mm. because, well, the, the economy was not doing well, and so we had fewer people doing more jobs. And one of the things that we sort of had to cut down on a little bit was our research budget so we had interns who were pulling double duty trying to put research together for us on all sorts of stuff anyway um, my interview with her was about how she was the only professional actor in a, a lot of the scenes a lot of them were young mm -hmm. native um, uh, amateur actors for whom this was their first professional gig right she cut me off mid-sentence and just dressed me down on national TV. No, 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 you are wrong. I don't know where you, you're getting your information from, but this is wrong. No, I, I apologize, but I, you couldn't be more wrong. And I'm like, all right. Like, this really threw me for a loop because I went home after and did the research. I was not wrong. Yeah, yeah. I found articles about it. Uh, but in that moment, what are you going to do? Fight with the person? Right. right so you just no. got to you got to swallow your pride and move on. Same thing happened with. Um, but Melissa Leo is a bit of a nuthouse. She was she, <laughs> like, she, she was hard. She was hardcore. And part of me was so uh, upset afterwards. I was like, I hope she, I I've never seen this woman before, yeah. and I hope to God this is the first and only time I ever see her on a red carpet. Well, it turns out she's super talented, <laughs> and she's going to be around forever. Yeah, yeah. So I will be seeing her. I suspect she probably didn't doesn't remember that interview. Yeah. I don't take it personally anymore. But then you got had a guy like uh, Julian Schnabel mm. who was nominated for Diving Bell and Butterfly which was such a fantastic movie yeah. I loved every second of that movie he knows how to work everything every yeah. little ingredient and yeah. he shows up on the carpet if I'm not mistaken he was now he was dating the star of his movie who was younger than him and he showed up in what could be only be described as pajamas <laughs> and um, you know you only have a couple of seconds to introduce the person and get your audience up to speed. Nobody at home knows Julian Schnabel and even fewer know the diving bell and the butterfly. Right. So I've got to introduce this just as quick as I can in order to get to my questions. And I used some phrase like triumph of the human spirit, uh -huh. which, I mean, it's yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> and he decides that he's going to take issue with that because that's just about as trite a description as you can get. And he was just... Or like yeah, he's like that's pretty uh, ge not generic. He used an expression that I had to laugh at because, um, like it's not stereotypical. But what was so funny is here's this older, rounder, successful gentleman mm. with a much younger w woman on his arm. He's the definition of 
of like a Hollywood cliche. That's yeah, what he yeah. said. He said it was cliche. And here's a walking cliche <laughs> in pajamas telling me I'm a cliche. Yeah, yeah. So I did the only thing I could. I just stopped the interview and I said, okay, well, thank you very much for being here. Yeah, yeah. And sent him on his way. Well, okay, those are the horrifying. What, what was your And by the way, let's, let's yeah. be honest. Those are not horrifying. Well, no, I mean like... They were just... I just, you know, here's a guy on a red carpet, you know, get a... He didn't have to make it difficult. We could right. have had a nice conversation. Yeah, yeah. And Melissa Leo, she was defending her 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 her, her team. Yeah. She thought that they deserved more credit. So none of this stuff is stuff that keeps me up at night. No, no, no. Well, I mean, I, and when I say like she's a nuthouse, it's only because of my own experience. She's intense. From her. She, yeah, she has yeah. some. I mean, she takes you into some off places yeah. in terms of a conversation, sure. right? But um, but I mean, do you have like an absolute favorite moment? Like you're the thing you cling to the most. Well, look, there's there's always these moments. Morley and I will sit around working on questions. Where what, what we want is we want a moment that will live far beyond that year right. at the Oscars. We want a highlight that we're gonna keep bringing up. And showing people. Yeah. So, because this is, E-Talk has been on this carpet for 15 years yeah. as E-Talk at the Oscars. This is a big deal. You know, this is becoming a tradition. There's a lot of people who come to the carpet and they recognize us now. Because yeah, yeah. we're there every year. And this, we want to keep it going. One of the ways we keep it going is by building these these memories. Mm. And it comes down to coming up with a question that we know nobody's ever asked them before. And so, there's more often than not, they're silly. But in those moments, you get to see the actor for who they actually really are. Right, right. And so when it was, um, you know, uh, when I, I'm asking George Clooney, he was nominated for Good Night and Good Luck and for Syriana, so a lot of Oscar nominations that year for him. I think it was, let's call it four, right? Right, yeah. Let's yeah. say it was four. Directly maybe, for him. Yeah, I mean, let's say it was four, maybe, yeah. it was, maybe it was more. And I said, I said something like, uh, George, you were nominated for uh, four Oscars this year. A lot of people think it could have been five had you accepted the role of June Carter Cash in Walk the Line. <laughs> And he get caught him flat-footed, and he started laughing, and it turned into this whole silly conversation about how you know he really wanted the role, but he couldn't fit into the, you know <laughs> he didn't have the assets for it, uh, and those those are the types of things that are, I've, I've got a I've got a really funny one I think for this year, uh, for um, that just made us laugh. we started laughing when we came up with this question right. for um, uh, Denzel Washington, which I will not tell you. No, you can't. You I won't tell you. It. But if I make him laugh. <laughs> Then you'll know that that was the, the thing, and it's yeah. not just about being silly on carpets. We have some great moments that are that are serious as yeah. well. Hearing about you know talking to Danny Boyle with about Slumdog Millionaire, we just almost grabbed the mic out of my hand to tell me how much he loved Toronto. Were not for Toronto, they wouldn't have made it all the way to the Oscars. Right, right, right. You know, like things like that yeah. are really important too. Um, but but again, that's a moment that lives beyond the Oscar red carpet. And well, the thing, the perfect thing about that George Clooney question is it's so engineered for who George Clooney is. Yeah, it's the kind of thing he loves to riff on. He that loves kind of to stuff. riff on stuff yeah. like that. So it's uh, to me these are these are important moments, yeah. and uh, because they help us build those relationships. One day I'm not going to do this show anymore. Right. Uh, but I hope E-Talk lasts for another 15, 30, 45 years. Right, right. It's going to it's going to be successful because of moments like that. Yeah. That we, if we keep looking for them, if we keep building those connections, we're a small show based out of Toronto. Yeah, yeah. You know, in order to build connections, those are these are long distance connections. By the way, everyone in Canada will not take the reference that E-Talk is a small show because I'm pretty sure it's like the biggest show we have. It is, <laughs> yeah, but it no. wasn't like it wasn't supposed to be. Right. Like when we started doing the show. Uh, you know, I can't. I don't have the press available, but I guarantee you, there most most the journalists thought uh, this was a. You know, we don't do that. Like, right. we, don't, we don't. We don't do American shows like that. We certainly don't do them daily. We used to do. The the reason um, networks used to do entertainment shows once a week was simply to 
go down and do junkets every now and then yeah. and keep a foot in Hollywood. Right. Just had, keep the, those lines of communication open. That's why they were done. They were done as a matter of course, not yeah. not to celebrate Canadian culture or, or anything like that. So yeah. the fact that we managed to make this show for 15 years, have it thrive the way it has, have people tune in at the expense of American shows, because we go head-to-head with American shows, mm. and then more people tune into this one. Yeah. That's a testament to sort of the, the relationships that we built and the stories we tell. Because I remember watching like entertainment shows when I was a teenager, and that's where you, I would get my trailers and stuff, yeah. right? It's like as a movie fan, that's yeah. what you had to go to. I mean, before the internet was around. Yeah. That's yeah, where, watch, and it only show you the first forty seconds. Of right. It. Yeah. yeah. Well, do you remember like Tribute TV that like, yeah. they just had like oh, a circulation tra- yeah. of trailers, right. yeah. and it's like I remember when it was a movie I loved, I would tune in just at that time because I really wanted to see that trailer of again course, to bring yeah. my memories of that movie. Um, but you know, okay, going into this red carpet, I feel like you guys there's a lot of pressure this year because of that because of Me Too and everything that's been going on. I mean, how is that going to affect your coverage? <sighs> you know, it'll be interesting. Um, Hollywood knows how to message, right? right. So. They the it was all black at the uh, at the Golden Globes yeah. and then it was what the white rose at SAG. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't yeah, and um, so it's different at every one. So I don't know what I don't know what they're going to be doing this at this event. Mm. Uh, but I think it will be different. I don't think they're going to do what they've done in the past. Right. I think we were really good at the Globes. I think we got a good handle on how to approach these interviews, and I think I think we're gonna follow the puck on this one. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's going to consume uh, the the Oscars the way it consumed the Globes. Right. Not because Ooh. it's out of sight, out of mind in any way, but I think we're, these are different scales as well. Right. People like to say them in the same breath, but the Globes and the Oscars are not on the same scale. Right, no. One is just bigger than the other. Yeah. And, and I think there will be, if I had to guess, I, I think that they're going to be strategic in picking the right moments to address it in the show and on the carpet. Right. So I don't know that we have to be as heavy-handed and universal mm-hmm. in our conversation about Me Too. And I don't think that just because, you know, here's what I don't want to do. Here's a black actor, let's ask him about Oscar's So White. Right, right. Here's a woman, let's ask her about Me Too. You know, I don't yeah, want to do that. Should go to they, they should go to everybody as they as we see fit with them. I want to ask older actors who are in, in uh, categories with younger actors about advice that they might give those younger people. Right, right. And I want to ask those younger people, because I, I feel a generational shift in a lot of ways, yeah. not just in terms of age, but in terms of sort of those, those changing values yeah. that those younger actors are going to be bringing to Hollywood as well. So I kind of like the the juxtaposition of old versus young right. uh, and maybe exploring that a little bit on the carpet. Uh, but I think this one is one we're going to have to, we're going to have to be going with our ears and eyes open mm. and be willing to change tactics quickly. Right. Because I think I might, like I said, my theory is that it won't be as, it'll be targeted, but we'll know pretty quick if I'm wrong. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is, I mean, the last thing I want to see is people brush it aside because essentially that's what Hollywood has done yeah. this whole time. That's what created the problem. Right? Yeah. So it's like, well, yeah, and yeah. I, don't, I, I can't imagine that that's going to happen. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and also Jimmy Kimmel is not the type of person that's going to. This is, <laughs> but there's comedy in this. Yeah, yeah. There is. There's real. There's biting comedy. Yeah. To and and I think enough time has passed from the Harvey Weinstein thing that you can even you can take them on even more right so there's uh, i think i think there's there's going to be some there's going to be some jokes that make some people uncomfortable Absolutely, but yeah. but it, that's what the show's supposed to be about yeah, yeah, yeah. well you know you, you mentioned um generational shift yeah right and that's like uh, that's something i've been hanging on to ever since the like the oscar nominations were announced and i mean i do feel like we're now we're, we're, we're a shift to movies now yeah. but i do feel like i know i'm noticing a generational shift if 
what we saw happen last year stays true. Like, you know, if, yeah. if it takes hold, like where Moonlight surprised us yeah. and won Best Picture, right? Yeah. Because this year, I mean, if I would say that that general, generational shift is still going on when you have Greta Gerwig and Lady Bird being this major contender. Yeah. And if Get Out wins, I think that that would be a sign that this generation, generational shift really yeah. takes hold. I don't know if you think... Well, I think, listen, I, I believe, and we've talked about this in commercial breaks mm. uh, at the show, is I think that... Uh, any institutional changes that happen uh, at the, the academy are going to take at least 10 years to really take hold. Yeah. But you can start seeing the changes happening on the fly. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think you can gauge whether Oscar So White is a success or a failure until you give it 10 years. Right, right, yeah. You know, if they commit they commit to changes, then say, all right, you're on the clock. Yeah. And then and then watch. And I think, I think the success, as we said, the success of Get Out uh, is, is, I'm hoping... That it's an indicator that that, that things are changing, yeah. and then, like I said, what you'll see is a guy like Jordan Peele, who now has uh, carte blanche yeah. to pretty much do what he wants next. Yeah, yeah. And my guess is the crew that he assembles for his next movie will look much more like America does today yeah. than you know the movies that have been made in the past. And he's going to bring people up yeah. with him, who are then going to get their shot to direct their movie yeah. or to be the director of photography on another film and so on and so forth. Uh, and, um, you know, in and, and, and a lot of other ways, what's what's happened with Black Panther, even though it's you know, under the Disney umbrella, mm. uh, there are a lot of people who got, gained exposure and experience through through that film yeah. that never got a shot before. Ryan Coogler's only 31. He's, He's 31. He's started. Like, He's yeah. 31. But then, you know, I, I'm looking on Twitter and seeing that Kendrick Lamar <laughs> wants to play the bad guy in the next, <laughs> really? I didn't in the next Black Panther movie. And you know what? Someone's going to give that some real thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? And and these these are the things that... These are the things that we should be talking about. Yeah. These are the these are the people who should be given shots, yeah. right? And but it does take time yeah. because not everything's going to be a hit, man. Yeah. Like well, some of these some of these movies are going to going to be made. Like someone was saying, we got to support Annihilation this weekend. I don't know how big Annihilation is going to be. No. I, <laughs> oh, I, you haven't seen it? Yet. No. Yeah. How, how did it do at the box office? Terrible. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I don't. And you know, someone said, oh, we got to support all these women in the movie. Well, but it's, not all of them are going to be good. Yeah. And this one probably. Well, I'm not saying Annihilation's bad. Yeah, it's just not the kind of movie that will invite a mass right. audience. It's and not it, that kind of movie. Right. Yeah. But we got you know we've got to be cognizant that that shouldn't also condemn <laughs> future sci-fi movies with predominantly female casts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like, know, you can't use the, the movie you, that wants. Well, to be look how Kubrick. terrible Annihilation was. So we can't make <laughs> no. uh, Captain Marvel. Well, and right? then, but like also in terms of Annihilation, yeah. Paramount didn't back. I mean, the way they yeah. sold it off to Netflix and stuff. I mean, they knew that this was a difficult movie. I'm not yeah. trying to like blame sure. them for it. They yeah. knew that, right? So yeah, yeah, you definitely can't use that as the right. Witness. But then, that, but that's the hope, right? Yeah. The hope is that uh, uh, that if just because there's a miss doesn't mean it's going to condemn an entire type of right. film from being made in the future. Yeah, 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 But, I mean, if they were using that as a gauge, then they should have looked at all the box office returns of Tyler Perry movies were raking in yeah. and then been like, well, well we should yeah, have gone Well, yeah, I never got ago. that either. Like, like Tyler Perry has been, has been demonstrating <laughs> that, <laughs> like, that, they're, that the black box office yeah. is a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. I don't know why it took so long for <laughs> mainstream Hollywood to get on board with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were just on the tempo thing. Yeah. But in terms of, I mean, the generational thing, though, yeah. look at... In any previous year, we would have been taking Dunkirk and Darkest Hour more seriously. Like, remember how yeah. many times in the year that I've said, "Oh, I still feel like Dunkirk is like the yeah. leading contender," and only because of past Oscar yeah. performances would have said Dunkirk is the lead. Right now, nobody's talking about Dunkirk right. as a best picture winner. I yeah, I I, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, and I, it just it, once it was done, it didn't like uh, the 
how do I say this? Last year, I didn't see moonlight until very late in the race. Right. And I uh, was stuck on um, La La Land, mm-hmm. which I really loved. Yeah. You know, it made me feel really good. And anytime I talked to somebody about it, I was very excited about it. But then I watched Moonlight, and it just lingered. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, I wasn't thinking about it every second of every day, but it, st- it stayed with me. It yeah. walked with me. It talked to me. Yeah. Um, and I'd be sitting there alone, and next thing you know, I'm, I'm having a conversation with myself about that movie. So, I remember turning off the TV as soon as I heard La La Land. Oh, really? Yeah, because I had to get to bed. I had to wake up first thing the next morning and, uh. and, and <laughs> go to work. And so as soon as I heard La La Land, I turned it off, and I thought to myself, ah, you know what? I kind of wish the other one had won. Uh-huh. And I went to bed, and then I woke up the next day, and I had to get ready to go do my morning hits. And I woke up to, I don't know, 20 <laughs> what-the-fuck emails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, I'm saying what's because that's what the header was. Right. And, um, and, and then I, took, I had to get up to speed and figure out what happened. And that's not made, an easy crash course, by the no, way. No, but, out the but it made thing. it made sense to me that that movie won, and so yeah. that's really my barometer when I start picking the movies that I would like to see mm-hmm. win these awards. Dunkirk didn't linger with yeah. me. It was beautiful and it was moving, but then when it was done, it was over. Right. And I've thought an awful lot about Lady Bird and Three Billboards, uh, Shape of Water. These are the ones that have really. That 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 linger mm. in my mind and in my heart. So those are three that, I, now I haven't seen all of them yet. Right. You know that. Well, I, I will have seen them all by Oscar Sunday, but I, I go into w- watching them with that in mind. Is yeah. it something that's going to make me just have a conversation with myself? Yeah. Uh, after it's done. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the lingering thing is exactly how movies work with me. I mean, you were asking me when I did my top tens of the year. Mm. I always rewatch the ones that would be in the top 10 though I could pick out my favorites, yeah. right? Because it's like, like, do they hold up to that link? I mean, like, they, they, they change along the year. I might say earlier in the year yeah. that this is amazing, uh, but they do have a way of shape-shifting. Movies yeah. that after you get, especially on a second viewing, I feel like the best movies always need a second viewing, yeah. right? And I, and I, that's and a what, third and a fourth and a fifth. That's why I've seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off a hundred times. <laughs> times. Well, I'll tell you, this year I watched Phantom Thread three times and I'm going back this really, weekend. Really, yeah? Yeah. Like, okay, because so, that's, yeah. No, you haven't seen that yet, obviously. No, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it ready to go. But I mean, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now though, I'm not expecting everyone to love Phantom Thread because right. that's a movie that works for me with all the capacities I have yeah. in terms of film history and all the, everything, right? Like, so I don't expect the mass audience to love Phantom sure. Thread and I don't, don't think most, it's, I don't think it has a shot at winning the best picture here. But Shape of Water, which you love. Yeah. Like, that is one of the very... Like, that's probably the most possible contender, Yeah, I guess the wording here is. Uh, I mean, I had my... like my. I think my problem with The Shape of Water is they didn't really challenge me. It kind of gave me everything that I, I needed. Yeah, I, you could know? See, like, I could that, see what you mean You know that. what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, where it's like, like if, if we compare... Like, The Shape of Water, you know, it has the characters that are marginalized in different ways. Yeah. And it does kind of just set them up in a nice little schematic where it's yeah. like, okay, and then you have the Michael Shannon character kind of bring you know, bringing yeah. up all the hate of society. I felt like that was enjoyable, but it was also very easy for me. Yeah, no, you know? I, I see what you mean. You know, but but then I but uh, I was challenged with "Call Me by Your Name," mm. and it, that didn't that didn't affect me as much as "Shape of Water." I, right. I, I I will absolutely agree with you that on one you know one is hand stuff to you and the other doesn't, but simply challenging me doesn't make the movie better. Right, and I well, liked "Call Me by Your Name." Yeah, I, but I was I. And I, to me, it was a it was a really good movie until the final scene that made it a great movie. 
With the the, the Michael Stolberg. Yes. Speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That to me took a good movie and made it great. Yeah. But prior to that final scene, it was just a good movie. Yeah. Well, I think the thing about I mean, and I kind of felt the same way as you did with Call Me by Your Name on like first viewing. Yeah. But I think the the thing about it is there's details in just how well it's written and how well it's shot. Like there's you know the scene where there's like I, I read this uh I only appreciated this after I read somebody else write on it Adam Naiman uh, film critic uh, he, I think he wrote for it for Versha but the scene where they're circling that fountain. Yeah, um, it's that one take shot where yeah, yeah. you have the camera only to, bobs up to see the Catholic church or uh, the, the, like a church cathedral and then um, like the Italian flag or something. Yeah, and like the two things that are imposing on this relationship. So it's like that kind of those kind of details is what made yeah, and those, called yeah. me by your name like it's slightly better than you know. Yeah, but okay, and and those that's great. Like I love learning things like that. Yeah, but how many people voting? Right are taking the time to pay attention. Like, some of them do, absolutely. No, yeah. A lot of them are film buffs for whom that's essential parts of viewing. Yeah. But how many of them are going with their gut instinct, right? Right, right, exactly. Well, that's totally... I mean, yeah. you need time to appreciate those yeah. kinds of details, No, exactly. Right? And th that's why, like, Phantom Thread is a movie that I don't expect. I can't wait to see that. I but it's those wait. kinds of details. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. Yeah. But um, in terms of, uh, like, Get Out, though, that's, yeah. I mean, when we're talking about a movie, that, the reason I love that so much is because it does challenge every... Oh, yeah. And it is a movie that, like, again second, third, fourth viewing. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. It, you know, you find see, something new. See, and, and like I said, I've already told you, I think that when the, the victory is in the nomination. Yeah. But then, but the, the victory is also in the introduction to Hollywood is getting to Daniel Kaluuya. I mean, I remember mm. prior to that, the only thing I'd ever seen him in was an episode of Black Mirror. Right. I haven't seen that, but I heard a lot of it's, people talking about it's, it. It's good. Yeah. I mean, it's, but the best part of it is him. Right. And there's really, there's commonality between his, his character in that episode and this movie because there's this there's this I don't know this beautiful like restraint in his performance mm -hmm. and, he's, uh, 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 and then when you know when he's when he's when he's in the sunken in part in the, the chair person. and he's and he's crying the, the the way he just his emotion is unleashed it's it's there's there's a, there's a quiet storm under that yeah. guy which uh, I'm glad they noticed yeah because that's the kind of performance that would be Easily. Absolutely, yeah. and I can't wait. And then there's a little bit of that in Black Panther as well. Mm. I'm hoping that the next thing he does is completely different. Right, right, right. Like I, I hope it's a really intense. I, I, I'm not saying I want him to go do a slapstick comedy, but I'd love to see him taking that talent in a completely different direction. Right. Because I want to see what he can do. Yeah, yeah, I want, yeah. I want the world to see what he can do. You know. Yeah, before they peg him into this they, quietly simmering yeah. performance act. Right, oh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Show me, totally. show, yeah, yeah. I want him to be a leading man. Like, he's a leading man in Get Out, yeah. but I want a different kind of thing from yeah. him. Well, uh, I, I do. I want to return to one thing about yeah. Ship of Water, because, I mean, you weren't there when we did the segment. You were off that day, right? Right. And I, in my algorithm, which, by the way, we should give you credit for the blank. You're the guy that created this algorithm, by oh, the way. Oh, yes, right. <laughs> it was yes. always it's Ben's idea, and I think it's great. Thank people, you. People keep coming to me and be like, we love it. Well, we well love yeah. It. Like, so, so you... for people who don't know, we should tell them it's Oh, like, yeah. So we... when we do our review segment, uh, I uh, at the end of our discussion, I pick out movies that if you like this, yeah. you'd like that, right? And that yeah. was your idea. Exactly. Well, cause, and, and the concept was simple. is I don't like movie reviews on TV mm -hmm. because most of the time the reviewer says... Uh, all right, here's a 30-second review of the movie, and now I'm going to tell you that it's shit and you shouldn't go see it. Yeah. So you have wasted the time on TV. <laughs> you've wasted my time. And also, you're not speaking to me because right. what if I like that kind of movie? Exactly. You know, and so it's it's such a narrow uh, interpretation of, of, of why people go to movies. Right. And it's it's the interpretation of that reviewer so you have to be in you have to be completely aligned with that reviewer for it to make sense for you right so we flipped it and made it uh, um, a movie review about the viewer 
not the reviewer. Yeah. Right? Which I think is... I mean, yeah. I think when I first heard it, I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. But I'm, that's not what I do. Yeah. But, but it still I allows you to say... It. it still allows you to talk about the movie in the way that you love. Yeah. And then say, um, all right, but here's who should go see it. Right, right? exactly. But here's... You know, you might you might like slapstick, and if you do, here's here's what it reminded yeah. me of. But I mean, it really put me to, to gave me a moment to really appreciate who's watching, like you know yeah. why people need reviews, yeah. right? It's like I can't just be stuck in my own little bubble yeah. of may everyone watch Phantom Thread and the Master, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, but, like, and also like there's tons of movies that you've brought into us where I've said, well, that is not something I'm going to see. But when you said, but if you like this and this, I was like, well, I love both of those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to see this movie. Yeah. Well, and so the reason I brought that up is for the Shape of Water. Yeah. My algorithm included. Lots La La Land. Yeah. And because I see like a one-to-one -one connection there. Oh, if you yeah. love this kind of old school Hollywood, like yeah. these traits of old school Hollywood. Yeah, absolutely. So do you think that algorithm, you no, were I think, to check on it? No, I think, I, no, I think, I think you're right on that. Yeah. I do think you're right. And it's, uh, I, what do you make, can we get, like, what do you make of the final scene of that movie when they're underwater? Oh, like, is that, she, is, was she always yeah. up for, like, I, I, you know what, I don't I, care enough yeah. to think too hard about it. You I know? don't care enough, but for some reason it popped into my head yesterday, and I wondered, like, is that a question I should be asking myself? <laughs> and does, <laughs> does that alter what I think about the movie? And I don't think it does. When you think about it, the movie starts falling apart. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Because no, right. it's like, because like, when you think about why she had these gills and how he, like, like, like the whole metaphor that the movie had set up yeah. starts falling apart. No, That's I think the, you're right. I yeah, think, so. I think, it's just, I think it's a nice little bow at the end of the movie. You're right, yeah. it, it's not challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you think, you know, interspecies sex parties is challenging. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there, we had a discussion before. It's like, well, is it supposed to be about interracial stuff? But then in the movie where you have interracial yeah. people all around, then no, it's really just interspecies. Yeah, it's right? just interspecies. Yeah. yeah. You also really love Lady... I mean, what are the... Like, I wanted to bring up Lady Bird because I'm looking at what yeah. do you think is going to surprise us? And I'm wondering if Laurie Metcalf... Like, you know, Alison yeah. Janney has been tearing it up. Well, yeah, and everybody says, like, the, the, the best supporting actor actress like those four categories the everybody who they've won everything the same four people have won the same uh, yeah. awards all leading up to this so it looks like everybody is going to you got Allison Janney yeah. uh who else um well um Dark, Darkest Hour for Best Actor. Yeah. What's his name? Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. So they're, they're, they're just saying that there shouldn't be any surprises there. Right. Um, Which is all the more reason why there should be a surprise. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> I, I, I don't doesn't preclude it for sure. Right, right, yeah. Um, I loved Laurie Metcalf and Saoirse Ronan so much. Yeah. Uh, and I, what I loved most about them was I thought if you just look at their performances sort of alone, independent, sort of put them uh, in a silo, they are tremendous, incredible, mm -hmm. world-class performances. But then when you add the layer of the other person that they're working with, it gets Which, even better. Oh, like in the... Yeah, know, so, yeah, yeah. so Laurie Metcalf's character, her, her performance is fantastic, but Laurie Metcalf with Saoirse Ronan is even better. Right. And exactly. the same is said, I could say, about Saoirse Ronan. Yeah. Those moments when they're in a car together and they are tender and sweet and they immediately turn <laughs> on each other. Yeah. It's, or vice versa when they're but, doing the clothes shopping. Yeah, right? and it's not... There's, 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 there's comedy there, but it's not comedic. Yeah. It's just really real. Yeah. In the, and, and you... <laughs> It, it it remind it reminded me of my with me and my mom, right, uh, right. and 
that is not our experience. Right, like right. that experience of them is not my experience. But they there was these universal pockets of truth in there. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you're speaking of the relationship between Laurie and Sersha. Yeah. It's also, I mean, in those performances, you see a lot of the relationship between director and actor, like yeah. Greta Gerwig. Like you see how, like, I mean, like how she infuses those characters with that, with her own being. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that is, and you know, like, if we compare Laurie Metcalf to Alison Janney, look, I think Alison Janney's great, but I do legitimately believe Laurie Metcalf performance is the better performance. Alice and Janney's performance, I don't know if you've seen it yet. I haven't seen it, seen it yet. It's the more yeah. showy, but really dark and bitter and enjoyable, right? But Oscars do tend to yeah. favor those more showy performances, right? Which yeah. I think is Sam Rockwell's fair performance as well, versus yeah, Woody Harrelson. See, Sam Rockwell is... I love him as an actor. I've loved mm. him forever as an actor. Yeah. And I'm glad he's getting his due. But there's parts of that... His performance, it gets like it gets better near the end. Yeah. Uh, but I, he was... To me, cartoony. Right. You know, I don't almost like if if he if he dialed it back a little bit, given it a little more realism. Yeah. I, I, but that's not that director style of yeah. I just movie I, I, or characters, I right? I, I don't I. His performance actually surprised. Like, I'm surprised he got a nomination for this. Really. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I, not to take away because I love him. I love yeah. him. Um, but you know that moment where he's walking across the street. When he breaks into the right, right. like the the strut was so comical. Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, who are you? Like, what, you're walking like Mr. Jefferson well, across the street, and then throwing. A, what the hell do you have to do in that town to get arrested yeah, besides yeah. be black? But see, this is not the performer, right? This is the director. This is like he's he is a right. Martin McDonough type. You've seen his previous movies, yeah, right? yeah. like in Bruce and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like he doesn't create characters that are really attached to real life. You but know? there was, but the, 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 there were elements of the other guys that were. I found. Right. I found almost every other character much more realistic. Really? Like Francis McDormand's character? Fran well, Francis really... McDormand to me, like, I've met Francis McDormand. Right, right. Right? I've talked to her. I've And I've actually had really good... She's one of these people who gives you good interviews in a junket. Right. Because she cuts right to the... There's no bullshit with her. Right, right, right. So when I watched that role, I, I was like, I'm watching Francis McDormand. Right. And she's quick-witted. She's funny. She's can be abrasive. All of those things I have seen in real life Francis McDormand. Right. So to me, it was a very re realistic portrayal of a human being. But you're detaching her from the motivations in the movie, which yeah, is like, that's where it gets a little, yeah. like, you know. And then, but then, you know, uh, uh, Woody Harrelson, to He's me, amazing. Was, it was amazing. Yeah. That was a, one of my favorite roles of his ever. Yeah. Actually, like, when we saw the movie A Tiff, it was, we thought it was Woody Harrelson yeah. that was going to be like, you know, like, oh, finally getting some of the great Oscar recognition. Yeah. I didn't see it coming from Sam Rockwell. If you're, you're going to go back, we're going to go back years from now and look at his filmography. Oh, yeah. There's some freaking stellar performances yeah. there. From Natural Born Killers. To like, like, stellar. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what, he's one of those guys, if he doesn't win an Oscar, is going to need a lifetime achievement Oscar. Right, right. Like, exactly. come on. But there's so many of, like, the greatest where that's the case, yeah. right? I mean, if you look at directors like Hitchcock and Stanley yeah. Kubrick, like, you yeah. know, these are people who I feel like never needed an Oscar because yeah. they're just better than that. But so the surprise that you're looking forward to, or what would you be happy to see happen at the Oscars? Well, I'd be happy to see Laurie Metcalf win. Yeah. I think she'd give a great speech. Although Francis McDormand, getting up there, <laughs> would have a thing or two to say. I would be happy... Oh, I wouldn't mind us some love being thrown towards Toronto and Hamilton for some Shape of Water nomination. Mm -hmm. 13 nominations. I really hope that... I hope they don't get shut out. Right. And there's some technical uh, accomplishments there, too, I'm that sure I'm, we'll I'm get, hoping they win for. Yeah. Uh, I want Jimmy to make people uncomfortable. <laughs> I think Hollywood deserves to be uncomfortable this year at the yeah. Oscars. And... Um, I'm. I'll tell you, on from my perspective on the red carpet, I I don't get to talk to every nominee, 
but I'm pretty good at getting the winners. Mm. I get almost every winner every year. Uh So I'm hoping that whoever I get to talk to on the carpet ends up winning. Yeah. So that the next (laughs) day on my show, I could say I talked to all the winners. Yeah, awesome. All right, thank you. Thanks, brother. Go visit visit www.doc.com.